Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360, the Tennessee Power Hour across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kaharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, and Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us. Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, uh, Sarah Triplett, our production assistant. We appreciate everybody today. Uh, a lot happening uh, locally, including the Tennessee Titans, who begin mandatory minicamp uh, today. Also, we have Tennessee and Vandy in the College World Series that gets underway later this week. Um, that schedule, by the way, Vanderbilt will play, what I believe, Saturday at 7 o'clock Eastern. Tennessee and Virginia at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, the first matchups of the College World Series. And, of course, the College World Series best of three final starts on Monday, June 28th. Mandatory minicamp begins today, Paul. Some of the biggest headlines is, uh, as you begin coverage out there uh, today will be who is there that has not been there so far. Yeah, well, the guy I'm most interested in is Janoris Jenkins. We haven't seen him yet. He hasn't been around. Um, and cornerback's been almost completely rebuilt. Right, Christian Fulton has been around a lot, though he missed uh, the last one that was open to the media. Uh, Caleb Farley, not expecting him to be out there still as he rehabs from the back. Elijah Molden uh, has done a little but not done a lot. He's got something going on. Um, and so, uh, you know, who, who's out there and how much? Jenkins is, is the lead dog, at least at the beginning, as the veteran guy. He's kind of the Malcolm Butler now. And so you want to see to what degree he kind of takes charge. He's a chatty guy, yeah. right? Um, he's going to be a vocal guy. You want to see how quickly he takes that role and who he can kind of bring with him. And communication in the secondary is a big deal. Communication on defense is a big deal. I'm eager to see what he brings to the fold. Also, we haven't seen Henry to this point, right? We have not. Though we've seen plenty of video of Henry working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry yeah. does his thing, and it's not going to be a problem. But things fall back into a natural order in terms of things. You know, A.J. Brown's unlikely to be out there as he continues to rehab. You know, and what are three days now for a guy like A.J. Brown? It doesn't make a lot of sense. But I'd also like to see, you know, and this isn't a huge deal, and this maybe is more of a PK deal than it is a, a, a Titans deal. I don't want to see Cody Hollister at the head of the line for the receivers, you know. Uh, and Julio Jones, you know, does he feel, uh, you know, ready to, to be the guy at the head of the line? Um, you know, I want to see the top dogs at the head leading the sled uh, in, instead of falling in line behind a guy who maybe has been around. If that guy who's been around is Cody Hollister, who's not, <laughs> who's not a lock to be on the roster, right? I want a guy who's on the roster, on the 53. There are some media members who expect Nick Westbrook Aquina to take that role. Yes. 
front of the line. I, I think Nick. I think well, Nick Westbrook should be front of the line. He should be ahead of Cody Hollister because he's <laughs> and he should be about be forty-five <laughs> feet behind, behind AJ Brown and Julio yeah, Jones. Well, AJ Brown's not going to be out there, like so. in the training room behind him, <laughs> like not even on the field. Yeah, uh, and I'm, Josh Reynolds, you're yeah. way behind him right. also. I'm the one raising the point. And if Josh yeah. Reynolds is full speed, Josh Reynolds should be at, at the head of the line. If Julio Jones isn't ready. To, to go up there, or if it's not his personality on his second practice to go to the front, which I can understand if that's the way he operates, then Josh Reynolds should be there. And if neither of them is ready to go, then Nick Westbrook, can, but it shouldn't be Cody Hollis. I, I think I agree. fans should keep this in mind. Uh, media members across the country will make this week and these mandatory minicamps Super sound Bowl. like they're super important. Yeah. They're not. We still crowned a Super Bowl champion last year. And the mini camps didn't happen. They still held up a Lombardi Trophy. And f- for fans that are intrigued by Tua Tagovailoa, for instance, that he's apparently thrown four or five picks in these seven-on-seven matchups for mini camps, at no point will mini camps be referenced in the 2021 season whenever he has a poor performance. It's not going to happen. And so for this week, with all these tweets coming out, and so and so did this or that, pads are not on. That's a glorified walkthrough at this point. And most of the stars aren't even participating uh, for fear of getting hurt this time of year to make sure you're healthy. For in, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, you know, I, I'm, I'm following the logic of a lot of teams where they've been so snake bitten on injuries, I'm not even going to host some of these practices moving forward. I just no. want to go through the meetings and get out of there. And I won't be surprised at all. Uh, I think the expectation should be there won't be a practice on Thursday. They'll either bowl or go to Top Golf, or he'll send Mike Vrabel will send them home. Uh, it, it is the tradition. If if he's pleased with what they've done, um, you know, in the negotiations he had with with the players to back off to whatever slight degree he's backed off that um, you know, they generally throw away that last day. So if we were in the locker rooms, we would be, all of us, gathering as much as we could today and tomorrow sure. on the expectation that we would get nothing on Thursday. Um, so we'll see how, how things unfold. But it, you're right, there's not much to be taken. And the, and the things that are gained are little things, kind of like I'm talking about, like Janoris Jenkins beginning <laughs> to assert himself as a leader. At this stage, can you at least say who's running at right tackle? Um, at this stage, with SportsCenter going ahead and running highlights of uh, Julio Jones yes. ahead of the regulated time for everybody to run highlights of Julio Jones, I'll be a lot looser with the information than, uh, I, mean, I, than I good. would normally. Uh, I mean, I, I would hope that that's just that we know that Julio Jones is running with the ones, yeah, right, and where he's lining up, which will be everywhere at the wide receiver. And shocking development, development. Nick Westbrook Aquino running with the ones uh, for the Titans. Can you imagine if you said that? Based people on losing their minds. Um, well, he might be if Josh Reynolds isn't isn't uh, isn't full go still uh, in, a, in a full team period. It could be Julio Jones and Nick Westbrook Aquino. <laughs> Goodness. Um, I'm very interested, Paul. Better than Cody Allison. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with that. Uh, I'm interested in one thing you said just a second ago. Janoris Jenkins as the Malcolm Butler of this team. Uh, am I wrong? To I know that Caleb Farley's hurt right now and won't be out there recovering from injury. I want him to be the alpha of the corners whenever he's there. I, I don't know that I want it to be Janoris Jenkins. 
I, I'm saying it in terms of the, um, I, I think Caleb Farley would be perfectly feisty and all of that. But as the veteran tone setter, yeah. it, it's going to be Jenkins. I mean, I, I think that, that was a one-for-one one almost in terms of that chip-on-the-shoulder guy who's been around the block kind of guy. And they need at least one guy like that based on the fact that after that it's Farley, it's Fulton, it's Moulton. So you've got, between those three guys, one year of experience, which is six games, I think, if you look at what Fulton did. They need one guy who, who's played and played a lot. And for the discussion of how much this team has changed, we, we will not see this team completely together until maybe week one. Dupree. Right, with, the, with the Bud Dupree, who's not going to be a part of Conceivably not week one, depending on, May, on maybe his not. contact. You're right. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy to think about. And we, we don't know about Caleb Farley, although we expect him to be ready. We don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, I think there's reason for hope on everybody. Dupree's the one yes. question mark. Um, because the injury was December 2nd. You left out one key player who we haven't seen, Jared Pinckney. Jared Pinckney. Uh, if Jared Pinckney is not there today, and I'm told that everyone's expected, so nobody's called and said, I can't make it because he's not retiring, asking for uh, a problem. And apparently there'll be some more tryout players. Chad, I know you were lauding the uh, French. power forward yes. um, coming in. So they've got a wrestler and a power forward that they're working with this project. And so I got no problem with that back of the roster, guys. Um, but you have a problem with Tebow. Right. Well, Tebow, you know what he is already, and he's th these guys aren't thirty; these guys are eighteen or twenty. Well, but but for those that argue that 20. he's taking a spot, that Tebow's taking a roster spot of somebody that has a legitimate chance of being a you know practice squad tight end, uh, the Titans just signed a wrestler to come in and compete. Right. Well, at this is line. what you well, do uh, with the back end of your practice squad guys: is you take a project who you think might develop. And in a year, if your wrestler has legitimate offensive line things, like like Neil did up in New England, who turned into a player, or we've seen some uh, power forwards turn into tight ends. I'm not saying they hit on them, but that's where you give them a shot at 89 and 90 on, mm -hmm. on your roster. And if it doesn't work out, then you, you cut them and you move on. My, my issue with Tebow would be more of, I think he's going to make the roster and they're going to try to force feed him doing something where there are more qualified guys that could do it at a younger age with a much higher ceiling than what Tim Tebow has right now at that position. What I like about Hassan French, yes, right now he is a possible back end of the roster tight end. The guy could also be Antonio Gates, who was a basketball star at Kent State. Um, he is 6'7", 240 pounds, and has elite athleticism. Uh, he could be awful. He could not catch also. I mean, the, the floor is way down here. But this, I like a, a, taking a chance and getting creative on a guy like this because even more so than the wrestler, the ceiling for a guy with this athleticism, and you look at his skill set, he is one of the all-time leading rebounders at St. Louis University in basketball. Was, uh, he is well thought of as a player there. Physically, looking at him, I mean, maybe there could be something here. I, I know in the beginning it's learn the game, learn the route tree, learn how to block, learn leverage, all of those things, and try to make the back end of the roster. But Hassan French could also be a really good NFL tight end. And no one knows, but the Titans got creative and took a chance on him. And I'm all for it. I, I, I don't view it as taking a roster spot of some football player. I mean, if you're not 
if you're not on a roster right now, uh, and I know that Robinson will he'll he'll turn over three or four players by the time camp rolls around, where they bring in guys this on Thursday maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, that's right. Maybe even Thursday, um, but this is just what he does and what a lot of GMs do. They bring in these projects, and then if you've got something, you stick with it through camp. If not, it's a glorified tryout at this stage. We come in for the mandatory mini camp, and if you show some promise, you stick with it. If not, you move on and you move on quickly. Again, during mini camp, where not a lot's going on, other than going through the motions and making making sure you get the mental reps. I'm not discrediting that aspect of it, but with the the, the seven on seven, wearing the you're not you're not in pads at all. I mean, there's not much to it, uh, other than some of the combine work that we'll see. Right, like the the one on one drills, uh, which I I think we'll see one on ones. This I mean we didn't see that in OTAs. I wonder if one on ones is something that they negotiated out of. I don't know. <laughs> it's just again, the P- pretty soon it's going to be negotiated out of. We're going to show up for three hours on Sunday. <laughs> And we're going to play a game and entertain your masses, and that's going to be it. Everything else is on our own. We can do whatever we want. Uh, we will have a virtual head coach. He'll be on Zoom for the entire game. He will not be allowed to be around us, and that's what we're going to do. That's and what I, we're going to negotiate. Well, Brady was running for, workouts at the facility without the coaches. And I, I know you, you're all for the one-on-ones. I'm not, but oh, I'm all for think, it, yeah. think about being a coach right now. And uh, we'll use the Titans as the example because we're in the, the power hour. You have Julio Jones coming in, and you have – Theoretically, theoretically, you have a Caleb Farley or Elijah Molden that you can match up with him and actually get some work done yeah. this time of year. And have those guys go home knowing you work uh, like, with the best. Hey, hey, you just got the standard set. Like that's what it's going to be yes. like. Yes, that is. You know, welcome to the NFL. Go home and contemplate that for six weeks. And the, they're get not ready even. For that. It, it, I mean, I know we're just we're theorizing here, but um, if you're negotiating of that, I don't know why you're there. And that's yeah. to the point. I think that's, well, that's what, what the players are saying. That's what they're wanting. Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of the teams either. have already said we don't, you know, Philadelphia, Houston, and others have said we won't do the mandatory minicamp. I don't know if you guys talked maybe one of the days I was out about Houston going away from that entirely. Yes. But, I mean, they get out of the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco, well, too, with the fining. Right. They don't have to fine him. But the, 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 uh, the excuse for David Culley saying, you know, we accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish this offseason. Yeah. Well, to this point, we, we are all caught up. Go home. We're good, guys. We got it. We did it all here. We've done football. The we idea have done that football the, the proper way, and we are out. The, the idea worst that the worst team in the league doesn't need three more days. Worst team with the franchise quarterback who, even if he were allowed to play, which right now he could show up, even if he were allowed to play, would not show up. And they're going into a season with, at best, Terod Taylor as their quarterback. They're saying. We're set. We, we're, we've accomplished everything oh, we good. need to. We're good. This we are the Houston Texans. We have everything going for us. <laughs> Off-season acquisitions, perfect. Draft, perfect. Hit you the see pool, the, boys. Did you see the Stanford kid we got in the second round, the quarterback? He's amazing. <laughs> All right. Better than Andrew Luck. We, we set it in the draft process. Graded him out higher than Andrew Luck. First-time head coach. We've done it. We've solved the NFL, and we are out. Boys, it's a perfect way let to go me send business. you home with one safety message. Two safety messages. <laughs> Don't dive headfirst into shallow end. And be careful of the mayonnaise at the picnics. <laughs> and 
And be careful with the fireworks. We don't want a JPP scenario this offseason also. That's true. Around the 4th of July. You took it dark. Fire, I was firework, being firework safety. It's not dark, Paul. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Firework safety is key, so please. Um, Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if you buy this line of thinking this time of year or not, uh, says that Trey Lance could be the starter week one. But that, So that's the headline, right? Trey Lance could start week one. If you read his quote, he says, we're going into it. I definitely see it as Jimmy's the starter. That's how he starts the quote. I definitely see it as Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter. But? But if Trey's ready to compete, I have no problem with it. So, now he goes on. But the headline is Trey Lance could start week one, right? It's a misleading headline. It's also... It's pretty clear to me that he's saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter to begin. We don't foresee Trey Lance blowing us away and having an understanding of the uh, offense to the level where he will start. But if, he, does, if he completely shocks all of us and he does understand it all we'll and he's far that. better than Jimmy G, then he will start. That's, and that's a luxury they have. Now, I, would, I, I can't wait to see what happens in New England with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones could be a week one starter. Does anyone else, every time you hear the name Mac Jones, think about his walk from that back room to oh. the podium? The, just the <laughs> speed Every walk. time I hear Mac Jones now, I think about his speed walking and looking so suit. goofy. He walked look a lot like an uh, old lady at the mall. It looked a lot like Bill Belichick. <laughs> there was a side-by-side of Bill Belichick when he walks fast that to looked a lot like uh, Mac Jones. high-fiving any of the public. Can't do that. Coming up. Chad gives you the betting favorites at the College World Series. We'll find out where Chad Withrow's betting and uh, who he's going with. We know where he's betting. Fanduel. A couple, no, oh, Fanduel. But, <laughs> but who he's going with because there are two favorites that make a lot of sense. Uh, but his pick may surprise you. Oh. It may surprise you. Mm-hmm. Look, we're all trying to eat better. <laughs> Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love but without all the bad stuff. Growing up, Cereal, just one of the best parts of being a kid, right? But it's full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat for breakfast or a snack. Maybe you're trying to cut down on carbs, on sugar, just unhealthy food. It's crazy you can't eat anything anymore. Zero grams of sugar with Magic Spoon. 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Chad, only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. That's right, and uh, you can get the variety pack, cocoa, frosted, peanut butter. You can mix in the cocoa and peanut butter. It tastes delicious. I had the fruity version of it this morning for breakfast. Absolutely delicious. This stuff tastes exactly like the regular cereal you had in your childhood, but it is super nutritious. It's delicious, but super healthy cereal. Really brings joy to your mornings. I am off the carbs and into the protein. And this fits right in. The skinny guy sitting here needs this. Look, magicspoon.com slash outkick360. Magicspoon.com slash outkick360. You can try your own. You can grab a variety pack. Try it today. Be sure to use our promo code outkick360 at checkout. You can save $5 off of your order. I'm trying the cocoa here. Magic Spoon so confident in their product, backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for some reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. MagicSpoon.com slash OutKick360. Use the code OutKick360 to save $5 off. Try the guilt-free treat of Magic Spoon. I 
Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. We appreciate you joining us for the Tennessee Power Hour with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Just search out Outkick 360, hit the subscription, and then ring that bell so you're alerted every time we go live each and every day. Subscribe to the podcast as well. You can download the podcast wherever you find your podcast. And Chad, speaking of the podcast, the, the numbers last week, extremely high on the podcast downloads. We appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Big thanks to everyone. That's something that will continue to grow. We're here on show number 66 right now. So subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And you can listen to us on your drive home in the afternoon. The moment we're done at 1 o'clock Central Time, 2 o'clock Eastern, you can listen at that point. So Apple, Spotify, wherever you go for podcasts. Outkick 360 is where you can find us. Paul, I was telling Chad, um, I was listening to uh, a replay of the podcast recently that I subscribed to, right? And I I went to see about the reviews, the ratings. The ratings mm-hmm. are extremely high, but we haven't had a recent review. It's the same review that was there about a month ago. So oh. we, we want people to go and re- rate and review uh, to the Apple Podcast, where again, wherever you download your podcast, we appreciate that. We had greatly. some very clever reviews we did. that we meant to read we on did. air, and I don't think we got to them. So if you write us a very clever review, it could be read on these very airways. There, there is an observation with Titans Minicamp that uh, I'm going to get Paul and Chad's take on uh, momentarily, something we can learn this week. Um, but first, Chad, I would like to learn who you would bet for the College World Series because. At FanDuel.com, the betting favorite, the Vanderbilt Commodores. They're the defending champs from 2019. And Tennessee's up there. I believe they're right behind. You You were telling me they're right behind Texas. The, the line shifted a bit this morning where Tennessee was the second favorite. Now they're third behind Texas. Yeah, and I think we have the, the numbers for you. It was, I believe, at last check, Vandy was. There we go. Let me get my bifocals out. Fanny is plus 280. 280. Texas now plus 325. Tennessee plus 350. Arizona, there's a big jump, big lag, if you notice, after that. 600 for Arizona. And I believe uh, Sarah Triplett, production assistant school, Mississippi State, was next in line at uh, plus 625. I'd bet on Vandy. Uh, I said this. Look, I'm, I'm not sitting here claiming to be some college baseball expert who's you know, I didn't watch Dallas Baptist games all year to know how they were going to fare against Virginia in their uh, game three of their Super Regional. But I know good pitching, and I know what the major leagues think about Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, and they're both going to be um, – maybe one of them will be the number one pick, probably, in fact. With those two guys and uh, the way the tournament's set up, where you're going to see those guys mm-hmm. as many times as possible, uh, it's, to me, logical that Vandy is the betting favorite to win it all. And I think – they're going. Keep in mind, they're they're going to defend their national title. There was no national champion a year ago. They won in 2019, so I, I would definitely put my money on Vandy. But it is pretty remarkable that you know it's Texas now taking the lead over Tennessee, but it's Tennessee or Texas as the betting favorite to come out of that side of the bracket and maybe face Vanderbilt for a national well, title. Well, and I haven't seen the bracket, um, and I know it's double elimination. There's a losers bracket, but. I mean, the odds are pretty high that we're going to see an all-SEC final, right? With three teams uh, in. It's Well, Tennessee and Mississippi State are the two SEC teams on one side. Right. And then it's Vandy and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the three SEC teams. Yeah, but I mean, I don't – Texas is still the favorite in Tennessee's bracket. So I don't know that I would say it's high. 
It could have been higher if Arkansas would have done what they were supposed to do. They had a chance to have five of the eight. Ole Miss lost in their game three. Arkansas lost in their game three. So, you know, if Ole Miss beats Arizona, if Arkansas beats NC State, you got five teams in. And instead now you've got three SEC teams. So SEC dominated the rankings all year. Um, didn't really dominate the Super Regionals to the level everyone expected. Vandy UT would really be Oh, that'd be something. awesome. Really be something. Oh, it'd be great. I mean, it would uh, it would shatter local TV ratings for College World Series. There's no doubt about it. If you had those two teams playing for a national title. And what a great showcase for baseball in the state of Tennessee. And you on Twitter would get ripped by Tennessee fans for jumping on board, and you get ripped by Vandy fans because Vandy fans hate I, you. I, I don't even tweet about it. This is, what's, <laughs> this is what's remarkable about it. I, I don't People send a single tweet about any of the games anymore by choice because it's funny to me as a social experiment to see people get mad at me having not even tweeted about the games. I have Vandy fans angry with me when Tennessee wins saying that I've jumped on the bandwagon of Tennessee baseball without tweeting or saying a single thing They're spying about Tennessee baseball. They're spying, and, you know, They're if, spying on the bandwagon if, and they saw you jumping on. If we do see the all-Tennessee final between Vandy and Tennessee, the NCAA would want us to cover that from Tennessee. Right. They well, would not want us to know Hey, I will be in Nebraska with visiting the in-laws. He's going. The day before the National Championship Series starts, I fly into Omaha. So if it's Tennessee and Vandy, there's a good chance I would want to go cover that game for OutKick 360. Right. And be there. You're and the NCAA would then tell me to GTFO <laughs> and go back to the Omaha air- airport, take my ass back to Nashville, <laughs> Go to my house, sit and watch. there, watch, and then talk to people on Zoom You're instead of anyway. covering the event. You're going anyway. I get a flavor for the event around there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been to the College World Series. I talked about it on our old well, show. Well, you can go. It's a fun event. They just not, want you outside the stadium to cover it. It's not life changing. It's not talk it, on the street. NCAA events are very corporate, very corporate. That's what I'll say. Jacobs about it. Jacobs Do you have any questions for the student athlete? No, I, I do not. I'd have to learn the name. One question, no follow-up, please. Yes. Jacob was putting over Omaha earlier this morning. He, he said, what was the stat you said about the restaurants in Omaha, Jakob? I believe that stat is more restaurants per capita than any <laughs> other city in the U.S. People like to eat there. We'll see. Yeah, I, people I, like to eat in Omaha, Omaha, that's correct. I hear that stat and think Omaha doesn't have enough people. <laughs> right? There's that's, that's the restaurants it, uh, are awaiting the influx. Is it restaurants yeah. or is it steakhouses? Well, the same thing. Uh, I, there's a lot of steakhouses, too. But, no, like just establishments that you can sit down and order food at, I believe. Yeah, they have the, what is it called, the Old Market, I think, is a place in Omaha. That's a pretty cool little area downtown. Um, it's, not a, it's not a bad town. How but far it's is the in-law estate from? Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Same, funny enough, it's the same as Nashville to Knoxville, which would be the national championship series from Omaha to the in-laws. Uh, How often do the in-laws Tilden. head into to Omaha for for a big they, uh, Most of their doctor's appointments are there. <laughs> I'm not lying. Like they, if you're going to see a specialist, you're not going to anywhere in northeast Nebraska. You're dentist. going to the city two and a half hours Dentistry. away. Dentistry. They have a dentist. Uh, there's, a, there's a town Let's close to where um, – you guys are really trying to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> there's a town close to where my in-laws live. My in-laws live in Tilden. There's a town close by called Norfolk that everyone there insists on calling Norfolk. Norfolk. Because it's the North Fork of the Elkhorn River. That's like they call you Winthrop. Yeah, but it's N-O-R-F-O-L-K, like Norfolk, Virginia, but it's Norfolk or Narfolk. Yeah, um, but everyone there is how they pronounce it. But uh, in Virginia Beach, where uh, I have a, a lot of family, they, they live in 
Norfolk. It's Norfolk, Norfolk Virginia. So yeah. you ride a cow over to Norfolk? No, they, the they, they, do have, they do have cars. But I would say, so Norfolk is like the size, I'm trying to think of the town, and it's like the size of Columbia, Tennessee. I what else do they have? So the if size. you go to the dentist, what else do you do on that trip? Um, they've got various fast food chains in, in Norfolk you can check out. You know, so I, I hate steakhouses, as Jacob said. I hate to all crush Jacob's stat, but uh. I just quickly Googled this. Um, and it's actually San Francisco per capita ha has the most restaurants. Come on, Jacob. Uh, what are you using, the dark web? That, I mean, that was something someone in Omaha said, <laughs> said so, to you. Yeah, I, I really like the mythology of facts. <laughs> the mythology of facts is going to be the uh, name, name of Jacob Swanson's autobiography. I want to know more, not about Norfolk, but about the actual town. Linden? Uh, Tilden, Tilden is the name of the town. Same thing. Yeah. What, what's going on there? It's very small. There's not a lot going on there. It's very, very tiny. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't Any bars? Kind of like the actress. There, now, we'll say this in Tilden. Not a lot um, going on. Jacob may be right about this one. I think per capita they have more bars and churches per people than anywhere. They have like three it's bars more. in their downtown. What's your favorite bar? And there's uh, maybe 300 people in the town. I mean, there's not, not a lot. What's your favorite bar of the three bars? I haven't been to any of the bars in downtown Tilden. I've been to bars in Norfolk. you got to go to Tilden. There's a bar in Norfolk called the Anchor Bar. It's pretty cool. Anchor Down. Yeah. That's where you should go watch There's a, a uh, place called The Lodge. That's actually very cool. And uh, the night before my wedding, all of my Nashville friends were up, and they're all staying at this hotel that's attached to this <laughs> bar. And I remember they go to the bar, and they order, like, you know, Give me uh, three shots of Fireball and three Miller Lights or whatever. And it was like $9 for the whole order. There was That's like $2 awesome. a shot. And they were astonished because it's so much more expensive to go out in Nashville. Yeah. So immediately they're like, you know, make that 15 <laughs> shots of Fireball and 12 more beers if it's going to cost Let's that. Let's call the Bring Anchor Bar and see if they're willing to become the official Vanderbilt Bar during the College World Series. We should, um, if I'm in Nebraska, and I should just do, a, do a live broadcast every time they from the, the Anchor Bar two and a half hours away. Look, and they have to say Anchor Down every if, time they answer the Chad, phone. Chad, we hear you're in Nebraska, <laughs> but not in Omaha. Can you tell us about the atmosphere in the state <laughs> I'm willing the College to, World Series? I'm willing to say that, what what is this, uh, Vanderbilt's fifth time in the last 11 college yeah. baseball seasons? If the Anchor Bar isn't already doing this, there is no hope for them. Yeah, well, the anchor, bar, well, the anchor bar's in Tilden. Yeah, well, it's in Norfolk, but uh, yeah, so it's two and a half hours away. They know so nothing not about it. Oh, it's a two-hour drive yeah, they know from Omaha. About. I got you. So, yeah, th then Chad's going to be the anchoring only, down yeah. at the anchor bar. The only Vandy fan. Maybe I'll work it out where if they're playing each other head-to-head, -head, I'll, I'll be in Omaha around it. I somewhere. want it badly. Um, the, the one observation I'm, I'm eager to find out more uh, with the Tennessee Titans in minicamp will be – the, the the coaching turnover, what we've seen at the coordinator positions and some of the positional coaches that have some new faces and new names, just to get a sense of what their style is like compared to what or whoever they're replacing, right? Um, Arthur Smith could be fiery at times, but was also very reserved for the majority of his tenure as offensive coordinator. Um, I would say in many cases, more fiery as a position coach uh, in some of the observations I had than as a play caller because, there, again, there's, a, there's more, and he, he allowed his coaches to coach. Um, I, I wonder what we'll see from Todd Downing, who has been in this role before yeah. and now second go-around. 
And I don't know that we get a full sense of that really until camp either because that's when you really let your hair down, so to speak. And once yeah. guys get in the pads, you know, it, 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 the tenor of everything changes overall. I'm curious, too, about Schwartz. You know, Jim Schwartz. Yeah, that's good, yeah. And, and I talked about this in a broadcast I did. I'm a guy that talks, right? And so even at my kids' baseball, like if I might say a little bit too much and I tell myself, all right, you got to shut up now, it's hard work for me to be quiet. I'm not comparing this, but Jim Schwartz has been a coordinator for a long time in the league, and he was a head coach before that. And so he had free reign to talk. He doesn't have free reign to talk now, it would appear, or he's, he's definitely laying back. How hard is it for a guy that he wasn't Jim Washburn in terms of talking constantly or shouting constantly, but as a coordinator back when he was with the Titans, he certainly picked his spots, you know, sure. to, to be heard. Oh, he got after it. Right. Now he's very reserved and off to the side. How hard is it to train yourself to bite your tongue and to, t to adopt a totally new role? You're talking about a guy stepping forward like Downing. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you got a guy like Schwartz who's stepping back. Yeah, but they, they've invited him in and they want him on the field for that reason, I, I get a sense. It's more than just, I mean, I would if Schwartz is on the field, I want him, you know, stepping over to Bayard and speaking with him just as much as I want him up, up front talking to linebackers and defensive linemen. But I want him spent, roaming. what, now 20 years yeah. out there being loud when he wants to. Yeah. He's not doing that now. Yeah, he's not I don't in charge. think he's invited to do that. It's not his place to do that. That, to me, would be a very hard adjustment as a guy with that kind of personality myself. Uh, I think that's a great deal of, of restraint. It probably, if Downing's that kind of guy, would be a great deal of restraint to not have, have done it. You know, but that's not his role. Now it's his role. So uh, there's a lot of interesting dynamics in what, you, in what you're talking about. And uh, I wrote last night, you know, and I, I missed the coaches' press conferences because they were during the show but went back and listened to, to some of it. Ryan Crow, we heard from for the first time, who's taken over the outside linebackers. And he talked about doing a lot, uh, as much listening to his guys as he's doing talking. And he was just a defensive assistant, right? He was a special teams assistant yeah. last yeah, 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 year yeah. after being a defensive assistant. Um, talked a lot about, you know, a lot of the pass rush stuff is, is natural instinct. You got to look for the spots where you can abuse something or find a free rush or whatever uh, for the times where the natural pass rush isn't the thing. I thought he sounded pretty, pretty good for, for first time listening to what he had to say. Coming up, we talk Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Bryson wants nothing to do with Kepka at the upcoming U.S. Open this week. More on that in a moment on OutKick 360. Time to load up. OutKick 360's daily parlay. FanDuel.com slash OK360. It's on PK. Paul Koharski, we are ready for a winner. Yep. Favorites and favorites. Uh, Harden may be back. Kyrie, not so much. Bucks, money line, minus 184. Tampa Bay. How much are favored by in that game? Uh, I'm not sure. I did I'll, not write I'll, that down. I'll check it. Tampa Bay Lightning, I don't like uh, favorites, minus 190, money line. Uh, pays 11.78. <laughs> 
Big, big payoff. That's not bad. We're it's better than our payoff last two night. Two big yeah, favorites and two playoff games. Which Simple. is zero. <laughs> Simple. I did. Uh, uh, I wanted to not, take. Just I, to be clear, these are not two big favorites. The Bucks are favored by two and a half points. Well, and the money line, they're a big favorite. My money line is 136. Apparently, uh, James Harden has been ruled out. Is that what I'm guessing no, James, is what swung that? Oh, James I see. Harden's been ruled in, I think. Then I don't know what would swing it from 190 to 136. He was moved no from out to doubtful. Out to doubtful. Anyway, so he's not, he's the Bucks not are playing. Fake. Everyone's loading up on the Bucks. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> let's just play it. Yeah, let's play, play it. it. Let's, let's play it and I'm win playing it. it. I'm let's playing play it. it and win yeah. it. I also liked Portugal a lot, but I knew the game was going to be over right about now and uh, an 88th minute, 2 nothing Portugal. So they, uh, they're going to play the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines this weekend. They tee off on Thursday. And uh, they... They apparently, according to reports, we'll show you the tweet. Um, this was on Sirius XM with the U.S. Open Radio. Uh, the PGA Tour and the, the USGA, they did call Bryson DeChambeau, and this through Brad Faxon, and his agent and asked them if they would be okay with Bryson DeChambeau being paired with Brooks Kepka, and Bryson declined. So we will not see the rivalry pairing at the U.S. Open on Thursday. Uh, Paul, we were discussing why they would give DeChambeau the, the luxury of knowing ahead of time. And uh, just thinking through it more over the last hour and a half, I think it's because he's the defending champion of the U.S. Open. I don't care. I, I, I mean, I don't know if the PGA puts first-round pairings past everybody. I can't imagine that the PGA calls the agent of every player and says, hey, do you like this first-round pairing or not? I think you pair them, and they play. And I think that if the I mean, PGA I wanted this pairing, then the PGA should have this pairing. I, I don't care if you're the champion or, or whatever. I am growing cautious of Bryson DeChambeau saying things like, this feud is good for the sport and good for the PGA. I mean, clearly, Because then it good. makes me feel like I'm in the middle of a work in professional wrestling. Like, just don't acknowledge it. It is good for the sport. We love the feud, right? We love yeah. the natural reaction of Brooks both. Kepka. I think that it is. They're definitely playing into it. No doubt. And I think that it is good for the sport. I just don't want to hear them acknowledge that it's good for the sport. Acknowledge how much you hate the other person, by all means. We love that. But I think when you start to say that, it sounds like you are just simply playing it up because it's good for the sport. Is Bryson doing anything on this? It's all Kepka, isn't it? Kepka. Bryson's walking behind him in an interview. Yes, Bryson's yeah. doing and things. Bryson's saying yeah, it's and Bryson's saying, but Bryson's getting crushed in that. Bryson's not holding his own in this. He's I doing it on like purpose. He's he's doing stuff on purpose where he's getting crushed by Kepka and looking bad. He's done some stuff in the past too. He spoke on a podcast or something about Kepka. There's there's things he's done for his part in this also. Um, so we, we we're not going to see that. Although we will see. Uh, the U.S. Open in prime time, which I'm all for. It will be starting uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock on NBC is where we're going to see this out in San Diego. San Diego. San Diego, so, which is German for... Tory Pines. I will not say it. <laughs> German um, for Tory Pines. Hutton, can I give you just a real quick update on my Twitter feud from earlier? Oh, with sure, Michael Jensen? Because yes. it has progressed. Um, you know, he said that because of the psychological anguish and PTSD that it was unfair to ask them to yeah. play later that day or the next day. And I said, well, if that's the case, they could have forfeit. He said, there should have been more options, like 48 hours. 
there was a 48-hour option with COVID testing to do. So my response was, so you think the extra 24 hours would have been the appropriate amount of time to completely heal them from the mental anguish and PTSD caused by their now okay teammate falling on the field. And I'm, look, and he's, it, it's he a said, serious issue, but deemed, said, oh, deemed stable yes. an hour after he left the field. He said it wasn't 24, it would have been 16 hours the next day. How much sleep do you think the players would have gotten that during that time? <laughs> the 48 hours, get this, gives the players time to process and gives them the opportunity to talk to a psychologist, which they needed. Michael Jensen is now a psychologist. He's an MD, apparently. He knows exactly what these players were thinking. By the way, these players who were presented two options, really three, the other one was to forfeit, three options, and chose to play later that day. So you are now answering all their questions for them. You're saying exactly what they felt during that time. Maybe they felt relief that their guy was okay and stable and said, let's go ahead and play now because we've been physically and mentally preparing to play this game, and it's better for our bodies to go back out and play it later today as opposed to tomorrow. And again, if it was that bad, which no one would have criticized them, if they came back and said it was so traumatic we can't play, they could have forfeited. They lost the game anyways. They weren't going to forfeit. They could have forfeited uh, look, the I'm game. I'm not with this guy. This guy's way overwrought about, about everything. But they weren't. I don't think the options were great, and they were clearly uh, physically not in good standing to play the rest of that game that day. Nor would anybody have been after going play the next what day. they went through. They they decided it wasn't. They decided they were okay to play choice. that day instead of waiting. I mean, I, I don't know. Day. Again, well, we're you talking can decide about that you're okay to play and not, in fact, be okay to play, which they clearly weren't once they were on the field. They had no zip, no energy. Then they should have decided to play the next day, which I would have been okay with that if that would have been the decision. We're going to go try to sleep on it and come back tomorrow. And if they look, and I'm okay with. If Michael Jensen's right, if they wake up the next morning and say, you know what, we still just don't feel like it's appropriate to play a game today. We don't want to do it after yesterday. Fine. I would have been fine with that decision also. But they chose to play that day. Packers president, Mark Murphy, uh, calls Aaron Rodgers a complicated fella over the weekend. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers is wearing a shirt today uh, as he promotes the match with, um, with Brady. Uh, that says, I'm offended, written on there. It, it, uh, Murphy, I don't think, I mean, he shouldn't be saying anything to stir anything up, I don't think. But he puts it on Ted Thompson, says Ted Thompson yeah. used to say. Yeah, he's, he's trying to tie it into their fella. history. Yeah. But Ted Thompson's dead and can't really chime in to defend what he said. So it's kind of weak, I think, to pick up. You know, this beloved general manager used to call him a complicated fella. So I'm going to pick up on something a dead guy said, and uh, I'll hide well, on that. Yeah, but he said he goes, Ted Thompson would refer to m multiple players in this way, including Aaron, that he's a complicated fella. And so he was, he was pointing to their history and probably something that Packers fans have heard Ted Thompson say, if he's saying that about certain players in the past. I'm not so interested, Mark, in what Ted Thompson thought. I need to know what you and Gutenkos think now in the present to solve this thing, not what Ted Thompson thought in the past. Well, and, uh, and a point you made a, a lot, Paul, well, is Murphy I'd, like to, I'd like to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Mark Murphy at some point too. He, he writes monthly, and in the most recent column that he wrote at uh, the Packers website, he said that um, Aaron Rodgers is going to remain a Green Bay Packer. Well, say it. Do it. 
Well, he can only do so much, but Aaron Rodgers also has to play. Well, I, I know. I'm ready for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I feel to, like we all speak. know what the deal is now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I, I said we want to hear more from Aaron Rodgers, but he did speak to Kenny Mayne on his final sports center, and he said there's a sort of an organizational you know, issue going on. You can read between the lines of what he said you know what? about the people. And a lot like DeChambeau and Kepka, Rodgers is playing into it through Brady because Brady continues to take jabs with this match, right, like with the memes and – using DeChambeau and Kepka as examples. Uh, and then today in the promotion, said when he asked, what do you think we'll see from Aaron Rodgers in this, Brady said, I think we're going to see Rodgers go for it a lot more than what we've seen in the past. <laughs> it's great. Who's the NFL Network guy, too, the former teammate? Um, who's who's trying to cast himself as kind of a middleman, or Florio's casting him as a middleman now. Um, which I think Coon? Uh, yes, that's it. No, not not Coon in this instance. Jones, maybe? James Jones? James Jones, who uh, is saying, is I get along name? great with Murphy, and I get along great with Rodgers. And Florio's saying, okay, well, clearly Rodgers is trying to set this guy up then to be the – making one of those huge leaps in logic that's, yeah, uh, you know, again, a guy who uh, hasn't – been in the situation making the sleeping logic okay well we're clear all, that rogers wants jones to to uh to be the connector here we're all trying to make logic of what's going on though yeah i mean every everything that these the both both sides say we're reading into i, I just I, I will continue to say until proven otherwise it is as simple as it's gutenkist or rogers until they say otherwise that's that's yeah. the decision and he, we have not heard from him gutenkist because he is in a There's very uncomfortable spot. Yeah. He is in a very uncomfortable spot. He is praying that his organization will have his back against a malcontent quarterback. And if not, then it's he's going to be out, and Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Packers this year. A lot to get into tomorrow. We'll recap the sports evening. Also, we'll recap Titans minicamp and what uh, coaches and players had to say throughout the Tennessee Power Hour on the Wednesday edition. And we also have primary complaint. You can email in your primary complaint, 360 at outkick.com. Hope you'll join us. Go Bucks. On my way to see the Titans practice this afternoon, I will not block the box. When I get home, I will lock the locks. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.